Hey everybody, this is Mr. Gimpy, and next to me is Chipped Monk, and this is the Combo Wombo Podcast, and I just gotta say, man, let's start us off right now, right right here. Get it right. Chip was playing Battle Hearthstone Battlegrounds right before right before we started this. Yeah, dude, and- I was like, I had it going. <laughs> You're like, oh, I was like, hey man, uh, I just started this Battlegrounds. You're like, can you get off it? I'm like, ah, oh, I'm kind of dominating, bro. You're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, dude, like this is... You're like, oh, has this game been going on for a while? I'm like, no, I just like have been eliminating everybody left and right, dude. Just been uh, swinging on these cats, bro. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The po- people sometimes wonder about the behind the scenes, right? It's just like, oh, are you guys like super professional with it? Do you do it? Do you start it off? Do you have a set plan or anything? And the answer is kind of. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a little bit. Never- I try. We're, we're professionals. This is a professional organization. You could tell by, you know, all the miniatures in the background. Yes. 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 <laughs> all our figurines. Are those uh, new ones in the, in the back, too? Looks like you're no, working man. on something else. They just, they've been, no? just been growing. The army's uh, been. Okay. You just got more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing gotcha. more is getting done. And there's just more showing up. So uh, I, I picked up a 3D printer uh, like two weeks ago and actually forgot where I placed it because I just I, I got it but I was like too busy to open to the box and everything else yeah, it's you a big have to, deal you actually have to set it up right like it's not they've it's gotten not just better the plug and play yeah they use like they've gone from like a, all building and assembling required on your end like figure out all the software to now it's almost plug it plug and play but you still have to do like some adjustments and calibrations like yeah, when you, uh, yeah. get one that's where I am and I just haven't done it yet but uh yeah uh, looking at your miniatures just made me Maybe go. Yeah, that's a, that's something cool to print. But uh, do you have my, a space for the 3D printer? Uh, I, I threw it where I have my my server uh, in the other room, so it's okay. it's fine. It's just out so of like the way. a well ventilated area. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always worry about like whatever uh, melting uh, <laughs> you know, ABS plastic that they're using. Right. You know, I'm like, right. I don't know about this. I figure it's like, on a bed, so like, what's what's gonna happen? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm more worried about like a uh, resin, like 3D resin printing. Ah, uh, after okay. curing and stuff, because like I like the detail you can get like on a, a resin printer. I was like, dang, if I'm gonna get one, I'm gonna get like a resin printer, uh, especially for like the more you know detailed oriented like miniatures and stuff that I would be printing out on it. True, but true. I, they're basically free now. Like you can get them under 200 bucks, like a a decent uh, resin printer. But I'm just like, to me, it's just like ventilation and like. According to like all the spec sheets and stuff, everyone's like, "This is probably fine," but there's like no real long term research. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm also sure that they're saying it's probably fine if you're like in a garage or an open, well ventilated area. They right. don't expect you to be in your living room, like you know, cranking <laughs> out, uh, cranking you know, residence. Yeah, yeah, in your right. uh, condo apartment, dude. Like, right, like right. you got 300 square feet. Let's see what you can do just in there, hot boxing with the resin fumes, dude. Yeah, yeah, my. Like, uh, <laughs> grow some gills doing that dude hell yeah hell yeah what what made me uh even buy a 3d printer was uh one the professor he has one and some of the shit he's made is awesome and well, well, well. just but, jealousy um, plain old-fashioned pure, jealousy. Pure, pure jealousy gotta have it. yeah uh, but right. one of my coworkers, he actually has a side gig where uh he prints like replacement parts for like retro toys Oh. So they're, they're like uh, GI Joe's like battle car or whatever the hell. Um, the original print has a tendency to like break the front left axle, so yeah. he just just spent three printing parts and 
is doing very well in a side deal. So I'm like, that's actually cool and something that I didn't think would be anyone is really doing, right? And now I'm putting them yeah. on blast by putting it on the pod, but uh, <laughs> you know, you got but, a store, you guys get it, give him some business, dude. Yeah, yeah but uh, I actually we're international, link. I don't know, <laughs> link. but uh, he's he's like the number one dude on uh, one of those sites. Yeah, he showed me a little bit of it, but uh, I was like, that's actually cool. So then my mind immediately went. I could do something like this, but for me and not and not help the world. So I'm making Halo yeah. chess pieces. That's my first goal. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah, I, uh, I have a buddy who does uh, who does like like laser etching. So I was gonna yep. have him etch me like a uh, like a chessboard, and I was gonna make the uh, Halo chess pieces myself. Like, uh, so I think that that should be pretty cool. So yeah, it's a whole project, dude. I feel like that's the most expensive Halo chessboard, but. It's probably also not. Do chessboards get crazy expensive? Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially get, like, looking the at the glass ones. Holy oh, shit! Oh, bro. Dude. I was looking at like a chessboard. I'm like, oh, this is like 300 bucks. And I'm like, you know, you get like a good 3D printer. You're also looking at like 300 dollars. So you're like, oh, this is basically like you know a chessboard plus whatever else I want. It's basically yeah. free. True. My imagination's the gatekeeper here. I'm like, <laughs> the sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, I don't understand. Like everybody I know with a 3D printer basically runs out of things to print after about like four to six months. They're like, yeah, you know, it just kind of sits in the corner. Now I'm like, bro, you literally have a creation machine. You can just make anything you want. You're like, yeah, you know, out of ideas. You're like, really? <laughs> like there's so much stuff on there. You could just like, on like Thingiverse or like a, yep. a few other like STL files. If you get into like the, there's uh, people who do like Patreons and stuff where you give them like five bucks a month and they're like, have access to like some fantasy or sci-fi or whatever uh, files for 3D printing for miniatures. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's becoming more and more of a thing. It's becoming more accessible too, which is uh, I think huge. Yeah, I think there's there's like the two the two people who types of people who buy 3D printers, right? The people like me who uh, are probably going to use assets from the from the Thingiverse and never make my own. And then the people who yeah. one make the assets, make them do all the measurements, and then upload the shit, you know, those people yeah. are probably running their three D printers all the time. Like my coworker, he he's, he has four three D printers, and he's running them all the time. They're they're yeah. always making something. Like for me, I'll make like the Halo stuff. I'll make some video game props and stuff like that. Put them like put them up here. Probably paint some, or more than likely, um, my wife's really good at painting, so I'll probably you know have her do it and if she doesn't want to i'm just gonna pay somebody honestly like i'm not gonna pay yeah. like pr plus being colorblind as well i'm like i don't trust myself with the painting process so i mean you know just do it black and white just everything in grayscale just start painting right but uh, yeah yeah I, actually some of the stuff would look sick but some some things that i would print you, you know i don't want to see it in black and white you know i mean you know like I, I feel like for you you could just do like a nice uh white primer and then like you just get like a nice uh like a wash i don't know if you know about like washes but like a you do like a black no, I'm a noob like, on that. all right so like like you basically just pour the paint over it it's like a like a usually use like dish soap or something there's people who sell like pre-made washes and stuff too okay. uh, but that gets in like all the crevices and stuff and makes all the details like pop out on like mm -hmm. whatever you're doing uh so i think like for you all you'd have to do is like spray paint prime white put a black wash over so like all the creases and stuff get like a nice like dark uh you know hue to like really show the lines yeah and then like uh what they call dry brushing where you just like take a brush that's dry and then you lightly brush over the entire thing like almost like you're excavating a fossil and like trying to get out okay. the details okay and then you just like quickly dry brush uh the outside and i'll just make the rest of it pop off a bit and then i would do like another 
dry brush with white uh and then maybe like a gray and then they, they would look good it would look good It'd probably take like good. 10 15 minutes yeah yeah that's, that's pretty good because i was thinking like the halo chess pieces i would do i would keep like this the typical black versus white you know just yeah. thing but just have halo things like some people are like oh yeah i should do it full color and i'm like that would look kind of kitschy, you know, as a chessboard. It would, it, it'd just, be tough to tell what's going on, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like one, uh, of the, one of the I, beauties of chess is you know exactly what's going on at a glance. Well, it, it might make sense. Like, are you doing, like, complete themes? Like, you have, like, the... Uh, Covenant versus rep, the yeah, Marines or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I so think if you did so. something like that, you might be able to... Get away with it? Yeah, like a full color. But, like, like what's the point? Like you said, it'd be kind of kind of ridiculous <laughs> yeah and 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 truthfully since I'm, I'm i mean like i may create my own assets but i'm gonna be lazy just to be completely honest i'm not trying to impress anyone you know yeah. like, if there's assets out there i'm just gonna grab them and if i can't yeah, find sure enough then i'll just do the one-to-one you know battles or whatever so yeah there, there's there's been some cool chess boards that i've seen over over time in my life that i thought wow this is actually really fucking detailed and looks nice like i would never want to play chess with this <laughs> you know yeah. there's, there's like this uh, is a showpiece yeah exactly there's this really really super sick star wars one that i've seen where all of the characters were super detailed like like mark mark hamill luke skywalker looked like mark you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you get up close that's straight mark hamill it was it was insane and that chess piece was like 200 bucks or that the set 200 bucks just yeah. b- flat like i that's a lot but i so we'll we'll see we'll see i'll, I'll update whenever i get get around to it as you yeah, see i got for the, now it's just the dream in a box in a in a garage yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Somewhere. You don't even know where the box is. You're like, no, I guess no, I have no, a 3D printer somewhere. It's, it's, it's right. actually in, in the corner right now, just off camera. Uh, I just, like I said, I have to set it up. and. Uh, this sounds like you, room. I'm not going to call you out, but it sounds like maybe you're making this up. What, the you're like, no, printer? no, no, believe me. I know exactly where it is. It's just right off camera. I can't. <laughs> you just take my word for it. I will not confirm nor deny just yeah. for, the, for the glory <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, no, no, no. This is fine. I got it. This is. Yeah, so what were you yeah, saying yeah. a little bit ago? You're pointing in the back. You're like, I got like this halo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So my Halo memorabilia is growing a bit. Um, my my wife was shopping and she found the Master Chief helmet. That's actually a Halloween costume. Nice. Um, so it's like I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. So it's on top of the my my uh, basement Keurig. So it looks really good uh, from on camera. I don't know about like in real life. Like in real life, it looks good too. Truthfully, okay, but, okay. But I I think like right where it is, it has like the perfect distance and it's and it's reflecting the light perfectly. Yeah, so dude. It's like this, like fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, Master Chief Keurig back there, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the uh, Lego set that my daughter and I built a couple weeks ago, uh, my cat just jumped up on something that smashed it into a thousand pieces, so I have to nice. rebuild. Uh, so then I was like, ah, cats, man, cats. <laughs> but yeah, uh, man. having that was a nice little replacement, and um, you know, I think it's cool as shit. So. I had to deal with uh, this the other day. Like, I went to go help my mom because uh, – you know, we're transitioning to winter here up in the great north. Yes. Uh, so I did, like, pull out the AC unit from her window. Uh, and when I did that, like, she had, like, a screen for that window. But this it was, like, a new age hippie screen. Like, there's nothing in it to get it in or out of the window with. It just has, like, two metal, like, oh, antennas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no, I've never seen anything like that. I think, like, you have to, like, push the hooks in and then, like. Like tilt uh, right or something. <laughs> something. I have no idea because there's no <laughs> no room on the frame to like get my fingers in, and then like it feels like you should be able to like slide it in, uh, and then like you know pull. But my fingers are too big for that. So what I ended up using was like some duct tape, and I made like two little pull tabs on the bottom of the screen, so I could like 
shimmy it up against the top and then pull it in. Uh, yeah. So I do all this. And then my mom's like, is that in all the way I got cats that are going to press up against that window? And I was like, I, I don't know. So sticking with the Halloween theme, she had like one of those old plastic Halloween jugs there. Yeah. And so I just grab it and I throw it against the screen and it just like bounces <laughs> off. And I was like, all right, that was cool. And then I had like a like another stuffed animal there and I like threw that at the window. I was like, yeah, this will probably, yeah, this is fine. If the cats like jump at it harder than me throwing like a Kermit the Frog at this thing, dude, then, yeah. then they're going out that window. There's nothing. Right, right. That would, those, <laughs> the cat's gone. It's the neighborhood yeah. cat now. <laughs> it's a free cat. They, right, they made right. it out. They escaped. And, and the, you know the old adage saying, if you have a cat, you're just renting it. You know, like that cat. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's the universe's cat. It's just uh, bumming and crashing on your couch for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cats are couch surfers. That's all they are. <laughs> There's like ten cats in the entire world. They've just been surfing everyone's couches. Yeah, man. So, so uh, let's let's get into a little things. Have you been up to anything gaming wise or entertainment wise that you want to uh, share with the pod before we get into the nitty gritty? Uh, same old, same. I've been playing a ton of Overwatch. Uh, I finally took the next steps in Overwatch, where I'm like watching the the Get Good videos now. Uh, oh shit! I think that's gonna, serious. Yeah. So nothing very useful for me to climb rank i have found that uh reinhardt works pretty good but people are so dumb that i found uh the reinhardt skin where he's glowing works the best because i think <laughs> you need like a big glowing spotlight to be like hey idiots follow me i am the tank we're moving to the objectives so i think you almost need to be like a giant glowing like uh you know blue glow stick to yeah to hurt it's like hurting like uh, a bunch of uh uh, what something that's attracted to to light moths. moths it's a bunch yeah, of moths. Yeah, 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 they're moths to the flame. Uh, so <laughs> that's been going okay. I've been going for ridiculous pins, which I didn't know was already an Overwatch uh, meme. Like people hate that. They're like, "Damn it, Reinhardt, start charging into the enemy lines." Yeah, but I think that's like the best way to play Reinhardt. Like, period. Hyper aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, well, like that's. The, Do you think you're gonna die. separate it by rank though? So when you get to a certain rank, that playstyle doesn't work, and you have to play a more traditional like tank role, or you're just protecting your line. I think it always works if you understand what you're doing, because basically you're trading your health and shield for time, and you're gonna die. So you basically yeah. you want to push and hold different positions and be the most value to your team. And I would say the second you see any of their backline out of position, like their healers, and you have a direct clear line of charge on them, go for it. Just take it. Because if yeah. you kill like, uh, my whole thing is like, if I can kill like two to three people with me, then like I've, I've won. Like our yeah, teammates yeah, so should win a, that, uh, you know. Uh, well, it's six and in, in 6v6 in Overwatch, right? So that it would yeah. be 5v, 5v the two or three that you have left. So yeah, that works. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can just do that, then I feel like we'll win. If I can... And then also I'm thinking in terms of like alt charges as well. So I'm like, if I can just swing off on three people and I get like two hits, like that's going to almost fully charge my alt. So yeah. we might lose that battle, but then I'm coming right back to the next battle with my ultimate up. Yeah. So like, and like I've been getting better at just pinging and letting my teammates know like, Hey, ultimate's full charge. And then like, they tend to also be better at grouping up around you when you let them know that you have an alt up. So do you think that watching the get good videos it, sometimes it's not something that I think y y you need, but sometimes hearing someone say it, it puts it in your mind a little more. Do you think that helped you, or do you think it's just from playing more and just kind of figuring it out on your own? I think just from playing more, because I didn't watch these till after I like, already got like pretty comfortable with the character. 
So yeah. then I was like, all right, maybe there's some other shit I'm not thinking about that could take it up to an even higher level. Like yeah. that helped me climb even way faster. But okay. I think uh, the one thing that they did say, like you said, like that made me think about it more was like, uh, stop thinking about like what I can do and like start thinking about like how I can add value to the whole team and like what the win condition is going to be for the entire team battle, not just like for me. Yeah. Uh, so that got me thinking more because like I was already kind of naturally doing most of that stuff, but I wasn't necessarily thinking about like the rest of the team. And when I started doing that, like I play, I think slightly work quote unquote worse stat wise. Okay. But I'm more of a value because we're going to still win the game. You know, that's the thing that I think games like Overwatch don't teach you um as a player like I, I think if even like the tutorial like you usually focus on on what to do like your abilities things like that yeah, mechanically the, yeah but um I, I i think it would be amazing if, if one of these like objective-based team games kind of went off going sometimes your kda doesn't mean shit if you were yeah. if you were if you lose the team yeah 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 so so that's so i think the people who are really good at at games like overwatch team fortress things like that um they know that okay i may have went like six and like 40 right like i'm using team fortress as an example but as an engineer i had i had my turrets up the entire time i may have died my turrets protected that point so it never like no one could ever just go in and and bum rush it right and overwatch kind of the same thing it's like oh i i i'm like you know six and six and twenty and but i've used my alt perfectly every time and i had like a zillion assists you know so yeah I, I, just I turning around team said. battles yeah, yeah like if you can win more based on like like basically it's like it's a game about like alt management so you're just managing your alt and like keeping track of like even like what you're saying i'm like if i can bait out like two or three of the enemy team's alts then we won yeah. even if i die uh you know if i charge forward and i die because they use like two of their alts on me that is an absolute victory. Like that is so big. Like you, you've yeah. just made them waste like their two biggest assets. So like the rest of your team doesn't have to use any alts, and they can just clean up with gunfire. And when they come back, we all have all of our alts up, and they're gonna have to wait like another whole turn. So they're gonna lose like two to three exchanges in a row. Uh, True. Just just True. because of bad alt management. So it's like there's things like that, and that doesn't necessarily show up like on stat sheets where it's yes. like. You know, but the, I think yeah, the most that. annoying part, and and I'm typically a person who will play like a DPS role, or um, I've taken it to being um, kind of the entry fragger in Valorant at this moment, um, where if I if I jump in and I are you take playing out the that player, uh, right? character Raz? Is that the one? Is that a character? Raz? Uh, no, no. Um, who I'm playing they, right now? They um, got grenades, right? Yeah, no, yeah. They wrong can, about uh, that. Like like you kids with stuff. your. <laughs> your Valorant, <laughs> um, yeah, like that, that character seems really cool for like uh, kind of like what you're stuff. saying. Yeah. yeah, what I've been doing for is um, I play Phoenix and Omen mostly. I've, I've I've started to mess around with Reyna. Reyna, um, Omen has a smoke that lasts forever. Like, right, like it's yeah. so effective. And then one of his other move is he'll blind people as well, including taking out their audio. So he's like, they're okay. like deaf and blind at, at one moment. So if you hit people with this, you can just walk up in front of them and just take them out. Um, you I'm are really liking man. Omen. Um, uh, I'm really liking Omen for that. Uh, I play Phoenix, of course, who has like two lives basically with his ult. Um, and he yeah. has these nice um, flashes that are pretty effective. You got enough uh, that ult. It, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Feels good, good right? Good times, yeah, yeah. I've definitely. only played them like once or twice, and I got the night all off, and I'm like, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's been good, and then um, uh, so I think with with stuff like that with uh, Valorant, um, I'm finding either like with just the group I play with, right? Like everyone kind yep. of has their role that they naturally go to, and if someone's playing off role, it's it's it, like they're having a bad time and it's hurting the team. Um, I I pride myself in being able to slot into almost anywhere. And yeah. uh, uh, like our our mutual friend, Intoxicated Fable, plays with us. He's he's the one who's played Valorant most than anyone else. We used to play CS uh, Counter Strike together, even back way back at Source um, was when yeah. I met him when Source was popular. So I remember him bringing his whole computer over to your living room to yeah. play Counter Strike. Yeah, yeah. And it was just him, bro. It was just him. <laughs> yeah, we, we were he wasn't we even invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just showed so, up. He's like, "What's up, guys?" <laughs> like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna play some Counter Strike." We're like, "All right." Yeah. So, uh, so in in Counter Strike, uh, I was basically a rifler um, who. I could entry frag, but uh, one of our other buddies would would kind of be the 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 entry fragger just by spotting. He was more of like the lookout, right? He would spot. He goes, "Okay, there's three people on site. They're here, here, here," and I'd go out and take those shots, right? So I'd be the second one in typically, um, and, and that worked for for Counter Strike. And Fable was always a lurker. He he would lurk right. across the map and just try and pick people off. Yeah, that's just that's his role. The flank and spank. Exactly. Exactly. That's his role. That's what he naturally assigned to. And it worked in CS because I could slide in anywhere. Learning Valorant, uh um uh, I realized I, I was trying to be to do the rifler kind of role, which which Valorant moves the moves the goalpost of what these roles are called. Um and like duelists are kind of like the ones that will go in and, and they're meant to one on one fights, right? Um it works, but I find that um, I've I've been more effective for the team if I play like a control character like Omen. So I have like these giant meaty smokes that block an area and the whole team can get on point and another person has to like go through the smoke or like blindly shoot yeah. through it to even try and get us, right? It gives us more of an have opportunity you, to win. Uh, yeah. Have you watched any like uh, get good videos on this to like for like best smoke placement and stuff at all? You looked no. into it? No, I haven't. Really? You're uh, just figuring it out, huh? I, I so it's, it's no not, hot tips and I don't tricks. Think it's, I don't think it's hubris. I think it's it's more of how I learn, right? I learn by yeah. doing. And yeah, yeah like my, I said, like I, I play like a ton of like Reinhardt just like off stream because my our mutual friend was like, you should probably get better. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So I've been yeah. <laughs> practicing like a bit more, just like uh. I think there's like different, like two. I don't know, like if you do this, where it's like more meaningful practice, where it's like, oh, I need to work on like taking angles and charging. So like I will just practice just that an entire game, or I'm like I need to work on like uh, strategic positioning. So I'll just focus just that for an entire game. For me, uh, uh, since Valorant's kind of like CS, right? Like, um, yep. Uh, recoil control um, is one, and uh, I think with how Valorant. Uh, works on the peaker's advantage kind of a thing learning yep. how that works and getting the it's cs huge. muscle memory out of my head was huge so one 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 game I, I was just doing a bunch of spike rushes which are like the very condensed version of like the main game and um, i was just focused focused on on out of outgunning people at, at corners like taking yep. giving myself the advantage every time so um i think that it has shown in game the like the, the only problem right now is when i stream it in in game and, and i don't know if you're in the last one um i think for uh, a little bit maybe yeah like the 
like two two streams ago, we won out. We were nuts. We just dominating. It. And um, when I didn't focus on my own KD, like I I was like second second or third on the team, right? Like I realized that I don't have to be first if we're winning out. You know, like yeah. Counter Strike. I I had the thought of team. I always have to be first for us to win, and it's because I had like the most experience with Counter Strike, right? With Valorant, yeah. I realized like Fable has the most experience, and I'd rather win than be top dog. So I will sacrifice I mean, you can, myself. You can do both, but yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I mean, it makes the people around me better if they have more opportunities to fight. Because in Counter Strike, yeah. I would kill most of the most of the other team, and then so my other buddies only have one guy to shoot collectively, right? Yeah, um, so this like becomes a four v one. Yeah, you you don't get better if you don't fight. So Valorant, yeah. everyone's fighting now, and, and like you said, you have like the strategic smokes and stuff as well. Where you're yes, yes. So I've, I've been funneling stuff, so. people and things, yep. and and it's been really good. Uh, yeah, so, like you you put yourself in like the position to make like those those point calls and like yes. uh, really allow the rest of your team to shine. Yeah, so I've become kind of like the like an in game leader, you know, and yeah. and and for the most part an entry fragger, uh, depending on the character. But it's been working, and I think that. Um, I think that that's kind of uh, my other buddies are kind of blossoming into into roles too. I know where everyone is. I haven't mentioned it to them yet, but I've been kind of I've been kind of uh, gaslighting them into playing these roles, and it's been working. So we'll see the next <laughs> like, the oh. next couple of streams if uh, if my my theory is correct. So I'm excited, yeah. man. Uh, Val- I've been having fun with Valorant again. Uh, uh, it hasn't been tr- super frustrating. And uh, I think the last stream we were in, I was it was probably one of the most animated ones because we were winning out. And everyone was super hyped. Nice. It was, it was yeah, the best. Dude. When's so, yeah, the next fun. stream, bro? When's the uh, Monday, doing it? Monday? I'll be doing oh, it uh, tomorrow so, for yeah. us. Yeah, it's coming for up. Us. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll nice. see. Yeah, like you just asked like a, a while ago about like if any of those like tips and tricks actually helped. And I was like, no, nah, not really. And then like you're talking about like peeking around corners. I was like, oh shit, that was one that I did learn where. Uh, for Reinhardt, like he has like a wind up on like his m- melee attack with his hammer, yeah. his jet hammer, and like you can wind that up and then like peek around a corner, so like you just instantly like whack down. But you can like use it to like work a corner where like you constantly get a free hit and then like you're back before like they yeah. can even shoot at you. Nice. So nice. I've been like using that more. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there, there's some things that you 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 may have been subconsciously doing it, but then someone mentions it and then you're like it's in your head now. Yeah, and you like know? now I'm actively doing it, and like uh, you yeah. know, that helps. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then there's the other thing I watched uh, the new Halloween the other night. Oh, I hated it. I okay. absolutely hated it. Um, like you know, I'm a big horror guy, and uh, this one, it, we all know you're a big horror guy. Yeah, it didn't know it. It, it felt like the writers had no idea who Michael Myers is as a character i feel like that's what big studios do now they're just like they're like we have another story but like let's marry it to an ip that we also own so people will go see it (laughs) well well because uh the the writer the writing team and the producing team um specifically wrote a halloween movie without having the rights and then they like went and begged begged to do it so then the last one that came out was uh you know just read just titled halloween and it actually did very well and i thought it was okay I thought there were some yeah. good legs to it. This one, um, they basically turned Michael Myers into a Jason Voorhees clone, which people are all like, are they the same thing? No. My, no. The Halloween movies were more... Um, they were just better made movies than the other... Like, I love slasher movies, but I go into each one expecting something 
a little different. Like Friday the Thirteenth series, I expect uh, a bunch of cool kills, really crappy acting, really just crap story, right? Yeah, and that's it's fine. A bit that's fine. I go there to to you know eat popcorn and have a good time. Uh, Halloween, I expect you know good filmmaking, really good score. Uh, you know a a killer who is interesting to watch, not because the kills are cool, but because of his methods of stalking and things like that. Yeah, this the one. Tension. There's a scene in the new Halloween where Michael Myers comes out of the of a, of a house on fire, just fucking breathing hard, shoulders moving. That's uh, uh, Jason Voorhees staple from Kane Hodder playing him, yeah. and and just looking like a badass. And and other people around were like, "Oh man, he looks so cool." No, that's not who Michael is. He's not meant to look cool. Like the, I was so yeah. fucking mad. He's the, the guy story. who like uh, the fire burns out, and everyone's like, "Oh, I think he's dead." Finally, and he's fucking gone. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah they look around. They're like, "We didn't uh, find any bodies." And then you're like, "Oh just, no!" <laughs> some of the kills are just fucking action set pieces, and it betrayed what Halloween, you know, has typically been about. I um, mean, I'll there's see the so next many. One. I'm just Halloween movies, though, right? There's like twelve of those now. Yeah. Yeah. So Still. I don't know. It's not <laughs> like any it's kinda like Final Destination where like by the end of that series, like they almost they basically became like a comedy reel, like the way people die in that movie, where it's like it's so over the top and so ridiculous that it's like you if you just like go into that movie with the right mindset, like you're just laughing at it. Like it's like a it's like basically a nonstop like slapstick death reel, dude. Where it's like just so it over leads, the top. It, the series leads into it too though. Like, yeah. like it's definitely yeah, the like towards the end, like I said, like the stuff, first yeah. The yeah. first few, you're like, oh, this is kind of crazy. You know, like, it, it seems like, you know, they're, they're messing with powers they can't comprehend, the d- power of destiny. But by yeah. the end, it's like, destiny becomes like a slapstick comedy <laughs> murder machine. <laughs> uh, like, you're like, there's like no way this person's going to die. Like, and they're like this Rube Goldberg ass. They're like, the chair snaps down. <laughs> they go flying down a flight of stairs. Yeah. Uh, a chandelier drops down, misses them completely. But then, like, a cabinet slides open and a knife rolls over and, like, decapitates <laughs> somebody. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did I just watch? Uh, that, you know? See, the, the, that leaned into it and I expected that, right? So I'm okay. But, yeah. Like, Halloween just disappointed me. Like I said, I'll see the next one, but there's zero hope for it. I feel it. like uh, Saw also has become... Uh, they've they've actually maintained like the quality bar, I would say. Yeah, where it's like yeah, the, there's definitely some stinkers in there, but for the yeah, most part, it's a solid series. It's a solid. It's a more solid series where they didn't like go campy with it. Yeah, they're like they could have. They could be like, oh, this is what we have. Like we're the only thing that's kind of campy and ridiculous is like how Sal's like still like has traps and videos and stuff. They're like, did you die like eight years ago? He's like, yes, but I planned this all out. For so, yeah, yeah, they're they're doing weird stuff with the jigsaw. Character. They're using they, he became a myth. Have you seen Spiral with uh, Chris no. Rock? It's like the new like Saw series. Chris Rock actually bought the rights. To ah, Saw good on him and uh, made his own because he wanted to be in a horror movie. So I was like, that's see, comedy actors in horror always works because they know how to make you laugh. So they they know how to toy with your emotions already. Yeah, so they know how to, like any, ease and build tension. And yeah, yeah. So um, I thought Chris Rock was phenomenal in that. And um, while Spiral wasn't like the best movie, it was a good watch. You know, have you seen Meet the Blacks? Yeah. Mike Epps and Cat Williams. Yes. They have a part two. Did you see that one yet? No, no, no. I want to see that, dude. I haven't seen either one. And like, those are also like a horror film, isn't it? Like, it's a comedy horror film. It's like film, a comedy horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know, kind of the same idea where I like, I hear good things about it and like, I've been meaning to watch it. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so, no, I feel like it's like one of those movies you want to watch with like a bunch of friends. Like, I know a bunch of people who like really love Mike Epps, uh, sure, the comedian. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, Cat Williams, all right, you know? Yeah. 
was watching so, an interview uh, with that guy the other day. He's really smart. Most most comedians are uh, yeah. honestly the comedians that have longevity. They're usually like borderline geniuses, truthfully. Yeah, um, and everyone was like, uh, "I thought he was like a crazy crack," and I was like, "No, nah, I think like that's his act." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, but like I, I was, I made that point though, where I was like, if you put yourself out there as an artist and you portray like a cracked out pimp uh, who's like. You know, don't be shocked when everyone instantly believes that you're on drugs yeah. <laughs> like in your personal life, even if you're not, you know, it's like you you really took a, a bold risk as an artist and like uh, people right. are always going to associate you with that character for, you know, good or bad. True, true. Uh, it's kind of like if like Larry the Cable Guy came out and started trying to do like a completely different act. Uh, <laughs> and people would be like, come on, bro, you're Larry the Cable Guy now. Like it, it is what it right. is, bro. Right. But, so, you know, uh, he's not really that guy. He's just, you know, putting on character. Like Exactly, so. exactly. So the reason I bring up like the horror that I you know just watched and things like that is uh, it made me think about something on the gaming sense, and it's something that I'm working on, and it's something that I think you dealt with too. Um, and yes, it took us a bit to get to the topic at hand today. We, <laughs> we haven't talked in, in like a week, so <laughs> yeah, good. man, just, uh, we got to catch up, dude. Exactly, exactly. But uh, this is it. This is just you know a couple bros talking about <laughs> the movies and the games yes, and sir. just chilling. So um I wasn't uh, going there. I just kind of tapered off. I was like, you know, it's just us doing our. I <laughs> <laughs> had no point there. I was just right, right, stating facts, um, dude. Water's wet. Exactly. <laughs> so something that I've noticed is kind of is slowly being just left in the dust in gaming. Final bosses. So yeah. a lot of the tactical shooters, the mil sim shooters, things like that, they go for final set piece versus final boss. And these yep. large open world games like the like Red Dead Redemption, for example, kind of does a, a blend of both. Like it's a it's a final set piece. It's a final story arc. And then there's like a final boss fight that is what you've been doing for the rest for the entire game. So it doesn't really constitute like a normal super boss at the end. It's more like like you're you're overcoming something in the story. And it's the same like kind of type of fight as you've had the entire game, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, and I gotta say, since I'm working on, on a game where one of my goals is to have, you know, like a few boss fights that are memorable, um, I'm like, am, am I a dinosaur in this? Should I be doing like a set piece? And then I'm like, no, no, it's, it's the children who are wrong. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not it's me. All the children. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you I'm, come I'm, down on the, the side of that, you need, uh, boss fights in order to like, chunk off and like build narratively like tie in everything so i think i think i come from the from the mindset of of you you leave you leave them satisfied right you you build yeah. up to a nice crescendo you get to something that that they've never seen before a a balls to the wall thing they're sweating and then you have that come down you know after you beat a boss and i come from like well like some of my favorite games are, are shmups right so like yeah. like final bosses in that are usually they're fucking just horrible to deal with but when you it's do bullet the, hell. the adrenaline the adrenaline's like flushes from you you have this sense of calm and the sense of accomplishment that's what i want not to say like the final boss fights i'm working on are or, or the boss fights i'm working on are going to be that level of difficult but they're gonna be i there. want i want the you know you're the the player satisfaction to, to go up and i want a true satisfaction when you beat the boss i think uh like dark souls does a very very good job at that um yeah. not every dark souls boss is balls to the wall hard but uh, when you get to that boss and, you, and you're like working on it for you know hours and you beat it, like you get that you get that adrenaline flush, right? 
So mm-hmm. that's what I search for. And I think the final set pieces, you're more sitting in awe, but there's no like adrenaline response. And I think that's the difference that I like as a gamer, but also as a creator. And I'm, cu- I'm curious your thoughts on this. I feel final set pieces tend to be more about driving home a story beat, whereas final bosses tend to be like almost like a bookmark uh, to a chapter, you know? Uh, so I, I feel like final bosses will give you like more satisfactory personally. Like, it, like you're more satisfied by beating a final boss than like completing like a, a final bit of like set piece. Like I think like is I think the forced unleash game where like the final part of that game is like you have to fight like a bunch of like spaceships from like uh inside of another spaceship where you like you have to run from piece to piece and like you're gunning yeah. down like an X-wing and then like it comes down and then like you have like a li- a little lightsaber battle there. But you also have to like has like quick time events and stuff. The game didn't know what it wanted to do at the very end. It kind of fumbled a bit, but it was trying to build like a big set piece and it didn't really quite do that right and it didn't quite do the final boss fight right because like it was like oh you have to complete like this final bit of like complex like quick time event and now the final boss isn't really as difficult as completing like a series of random button prompts that we gave you so it's like you you do things like from a game creator perspective to try and build up towards a, a satisfactory conclusion and like that's kind of like an example of when you can misfire on both where it's like they didn't really decide what they wanted. Like it would have been a nice final set piece. It's like after that spaceship goes down, you know, you fade to black, you tell like your end story, or you just have like, you know, the spaceship, uh, your X-Wing, your TIE fighter come down and they're like your your lightsaber battling at the very end. And that's it. You have a good satisfying boss fight. Uh, Yeah. So set pieces are like, I would say harder to pull off. Like, I'd agree from a, like it's, you're really trying to finish up narratively uh, what you've been building towards an entire game <laughs> without like the satisfaction for the gamer of like beating the the brakes off somebody. So yeah. I, I feel like there's like something about like a, a good game loop of when you get to like, I don't know, like Mega Man's kind of like one of the classic examples you can think of where like every section has a boss. And then like when you beat them, you get the reward of like their power. So now you have like different power-ups throughout the whole thing. I, so, you know, games that do good are like uh, God of war has also had like a lot of really great boss fights that have set pieces in them. Yes. And like yes, they've, they've, they've tied together. Well. Yeah. They, they do it extremely well. The best in the business uh, at doing that. So it, it seems like, Games that kind of start with stuff like that, like Call of Duty, no longer really do that anymore of like a set piece plus a boss fight uh, where now that's just like, no, you just run through like these scenarios and, and like you get to a cutscene, and the cutscene's kind of the reward. The, the cutscene's the new boss fight, the unskippable cutscene. <laughs> that's your new boss fight that uh, you have to overcome yeah. as a gamer. I, I would say that, um, you know, one of my, the series that keeps being mentioned on our pod now, just because of, of my love for it, the Halo series, they've dabbled in both. And yeah. honestly, for them, set pieces are more effective. So yeah. at the end of the first Halo, you are driving your, your Warthog through an, exp- it's the level's called the Maw, and you're on the Pillar of Autumn, which is the first, the ship you started the game on. 
um, you're exploding that to destroy the halo ring and you are literally driving through it on a warthog as it's exploding around you it is it for its time um it was like one of the most like adrenaline filled moments and everything's exploding around you the controller's vibrating and i just hit my mic the controller's vibrating uh (laughs) uncontrollably um as you're going through it was amazing you know um and the warthog could uh, you know doesn't control super well so like you would flip half the time and it was it was a good time you know halo 2 um you fight tartarus which is a like brute boss and it was slow it was wasn't very fun um it just didn't it just didn't work and then halo 3 they brought back the bigger set pieces with uh the giant uh, ring that or planet that's destroying thing which honestly was cool but felt like they they uh were just trying to recreate what was good in halo 1 and reach actually has one of my favorite spins on the boss fight um so holy shit i don't even have to say spoilers because everyone knows that what happens on a reach right <laughs> um, but, i don't know man but spoilers uh, for halo the end, like the end of reach you you are trying to get cortana the cortana ai to captain keys to start the halo franchise off, what's right? with everyone's uh boner for fucking cortana bro oh, oh yeah it's just she's she's the you know deus ex machina of the game right she could solve everything right. like but <laughs> so like it feels like everybody i talk to who like is a real person doesn't give a f about her doesn't give an s bro an s or an f <laughs> about her uh so i don't understand like it, it seems like the people who care the most are like the people who created the halo series they're like oh we gotta make it more about cortana uh it's, it's a bit weird and then they're like, stop sexualizing Cortana. And we're like, who is the, like, you guys are on the weird part of the internet, boys. <laughs> like, well, I mean, she's, she, as an AI, she had the figure of a, of a woman, right? And that they, they've given her more defined uh, features as the series went on. So, I mean, sure. Yeah, I, I, it didn't do anything for me, but whatever, man. It's all, I think it's guys. them, dude. I think they're like making the game for like a year and they're just staring at them and they're like, we gotta cut this out. Cut it out, you guys. Stop sexualizing her. It was like <laughs> <laughs> they've been locked up too long with their own creation, dude. Right. But uh, so at the end of Reach, you are in. A, uh, they put you in an unwinnable fight. So you are in, like surrounded by a covenant, and you're fighting as much as possible until it fades to black, or you just die. And that's the end yeah. of the game because no one survives on Reach. You know. And, and I thought that was super effective. So they had like a a set piece that you had like a, a kind of final boss fight where it's just you versus a mob of, of enemies in an unwinnable yeah. scenario that worked from a narrative standpoint and was super badass and memorable. So. Do you I feel almost that, cheated that you can't uh, win that scenario no matter what? Like, No, no. I thought it was effective narratively. It right. was more effective narratively where even if I was you know, the god of the game, it, it still worked for me and I accepted it. So it didn't feel cheated. because I, Maybe it's because I also knew the the story of Reach itself, you know, like everyone yeah. did, that there's no survivors. And the fact that you were in there, you're experiencing it, was very effective. So I think that games can do it but you know it's it's not really really black or white now in the games that are successful in the fp and i think we've mentioned like fps is for the most part right because shooters used yeah, man. you used to not be able to finish a shooter game without some sort of boss fight at the end because that's that was what the industry standard was and maybe it's an evolution where you don't need a boss fight in shooters like doom famously had you had the the like uh, checkpoints the elevator you, 
<laughs> you had for the, the spider, OG. You had the spider boss in in Doom, the original Doom, or, or the Hell Knights, um, if, depending on what what uh, uh, episode you completed. But it was the yeah, sawed the, off the, shotgun. It was the spider mind that was the boss in Doom One, and then Doom Eternal um, has like a full on like main boss fight that yep. that worked, um, and and I think that that um, I think that. It just has to match narratively, and I think you're right. And I think shooters uh, right now are mostly military sims that aren't fantastical. And I think when you have a fantastical style of shooter, that lends itself to a boss fight more than like a Call of Duty or something. Where I, I would almost say it also goes into uh, budget as well. Mm. Like if you can't create like a good final set piece, like that's a lot of assets. It's a lot of time. It takes you know a lot of back end artistry to construct a good final set piece whereas yeah. like a good final boss fight like that's just good core game mechanics like all around like you have to really understand what the player understands at that point in the game and then tailor a boss to use what the player should have used in that whole level if you go to the Mega Man example it's like you know yes. the rock being yes. paper and scissors and stuff like there's certain things you should have done over and over again repeatedly through the level that will come up in a motif that the boss does and like you're using the exact same type of pattern to defeat them that you use to defeat the level yeah uh, but you know it doesn't really tell you that anywhere you just so you like, hit you you hit that right on the head uh and this is when boss fights are are memorable um final boss fights typically are are a test your final test to see if you mastered the game yeah the ones that work well are ones that let you use a lot of what you learned in it. Mega Man is a, is a fantastic example. Um, especially like, like if you think like the X series, right? Like, yeah. cause you had so much, you have so much exploration you can do to have like all of the armor pieces and stuff. Um, the dash, yeah, perfecting man. your dashes and things like that. Knowing what weapon does what is just, you know, it like mechanically and, and knowledge wise, Mega Man tests both when you're fighting Mega Man X tests both when you're fighting Sigma. And, you know, I, I, so does the first one, but I think X kind of, did a better job of conveying it in in like a story story form. Um, Can you know, just I, I say that Mega it. Man gets weird as yeah. a series? Yeah, <laughs> like everybody dies, like all the humanity dies. Like yeah, like yeah, Sigma that's... wins or whatever with this virus. Or it's all from people. Zero Three or whatever. Yeah, that, I think that got that became an alternate timeline now. Um, but... come on. They don't know what they're doing with the Mega Man universe. There's too much nonsense going on in that. Uh, I'm a simpler time with a yeah. fighting robot killing other robots. <laughs> yeah. So now let me ask you this: Do are there any games that where you thought their final boss fight was weak and they should have just ended it that you can think of? Look out the top of my head. Oh man, it's gonna take me a moment. Uh, man. There's certain. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a second because I have one that I'll put. All right. Out. No, but go it's, ahead, man. It's it's a it's like a it's like a weird double edged sword right now. General Ram from the first Gears. I thought his boss fight was super weak, but I loved him as a character. Yeah, you know, he's just like on the train chilling. Yeah, yeah, and, and yes, it it did the thing where you had to learn the mechanics of like cover shooting and stuff like that to fight him, but. I was mostly stationary, and I didn't feel like I really had to do anything except just pump them full of lead you know if especially had, if you're doing a co-op run through dude like it's yeah. nothing 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like General Ram is fucking awesome, and he's like one of my favorite characters from Gears. It's him and Ty um, are my two favorite characters in Gears. And uh, like Ty was a badass because he just kept surviving, but he <laughs> he kept murdering everyone. So when Ty finally finally kicked the bucket, I was like, oh shit. So yeah. so like stakes were raised because this unkillable character finally got died, and that's how I felt about General Ram too. Because every time he showed up, he was fucking cleaning house. So then when he was like stuck on a train and I was pumping full of lead, it, it was so anticlimactic. Um, I so- will say the exact same thing happens for RPGs, like where you can be over leveled and then like you have to fight like this like boss that they've been building towards for like whatever part of the story arc you're on. And then, yeah. like, you just, like, run up and, like, destroy. It's, like, extremely anticlimactic, where it's, like, uh, you know, you'll be in, like, some sort of scenario where they're, like, oh, you can't use magic on this, like, dungeon. And then, like, you get to the boss and, like, you can use magic there and you, like, one-shot him or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, there's also, like, weird exploits in old RPGs, too, where it's, like, you know, you cast, like, cure on an undead character and, like, it does, like, max damage to him. Yeah, like that was by revive. design, though. That was by design. Yeah, yeah, it's by design. But uh, thought it was the cheap. more open your design <laughs> is, the harder it is to design a good boss fight. Gotcha. Uh, I will say, and I would say, like, also for levels too. When you have uh, parameters that are outside of your control as a game designer, it becomes extremely hard to balance a, a boss fight because, like, you don't know what the person's going to have. Like, if you look at like Metroidvania esque uh, games as well. There'll be times where, like, you get, like, a rocket launcher or something before you're supposed to, and then, like, you just, like, two-shot the boss that's, like, supposed to, like, be super difficult. Uh, and then, like, you don't even realize. Like, I, I think that's the that's thing. part of the game, though. Like, love Metroidvania is that you found it. Like, th- like the point of Metroidvania isn't the boss fights. It's you finding things. Yeah, it's the discovery. So I think I think that's that's your reward for finding something, personally. Yeah. That, that, go ahead. But I, I get both sides of it. But I think that like discovery is more of the of the uh, dr- yeah. the the drip than than the fighting the boss. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like the more things that are outside of your control as the game designer for what the player has, like levels, items, uh, the harder it's going to be to build a good boss fight. So, like you said, there's different ways to get satisfaction. Like when playing like games, like for some people, like I enjoy like grinding, like in RPGs, where like I enjoy having like overpowered high level uh characters and then just going in and wiping the floor with like the story mode heroes like the story mode's the least fun to me whereas like i really enjoy just like you know the grind like they don't really make a ton of games like that anymore it's like they're mostly japanese like rpgs like uh the sega series like where it's like it's built for people who have summer vacations and a lot of free time (laughs) like they're like oh you have nothing to do but grind out to level 999 right i'm like yeah all right you gotcha gotcha I, so uh, yeah, but like the, the core design though isn't around the boss fights. It's around like uh, the core mechanic of grinding. Like the Metroidvanias are about discovery, right? So I think it's like understanding like your core mechanics and then not worrying about like having the most balanced boss fights, right? Yeah, because like you don't want it to be less fun for the people or like actively punish them for outplaying the oh, playing what you said yeah 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 like you want reward high level play right and you'd be like oh i'm gonna make this 10 times more difficult because like you thought to go do the basic thing you know it's like ah, oh, it's kind of a jerk move but yeah i think i think each genre has their own um difficulties in determining final boss versus you know set piece uh turn-based rpgs you 
you can have a set piece, but at some point, like you should have that. It, it shouldn't be like running off of a level when the, your your whole game was like back at the back yeah. and forth. Like I the Final that, Fantasy uh, remake had like a ridiculous end set piece for their final boss. Oh, it was insane! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- that worked, but that was the, that worked with the gameplay. I think I think yeah. turn based. Um, some some developers suffer with how to make a turn based final boss. But I, I always look at like Chrono Trigger as one of my favorite turn-based final bosses of all time, with uh, when you're fighting Lavos, and the game, like you're set, it it does both, right? Like you're you're doing whatever you did, um, the entire game to get to that point, but the set piece around the final boss of Lavos changes, like like he yeah. he evolves, he cracks from his cocoon, whatever epoch out. you fight him in. Yes, yes, he comes out, and then the the screen changes, the music kicks in, and that that is that is probably the only RPG I've ever played where it gave me the adrenaline rush that of something like a like a final boss of a platformer, a final boss of like a, you know like a fighter or something. Like, like Chrono Trigger did a fantastic job of doing that. It also does like that weird thing of like you can just go fight that boss like he's just like yes. out there on the map. It's the only game like, that did it successfully. I I would I would yeah dead. And then you're just like oh like I think like a lot of people will go up to him like the first time playing and be like oh, there's no way they're gonna let me fight this guy right. And then like you go and you get your ass beat by him and you know yep. it is what yep. it is. Yep, exactly. They teach you the hard way. Yeah. So so dude, let me let me ask you this. <laughs> Having talked about this. Are you, are you, can you talk a little bit about generic quest? What you have planned? Do you think that <laughs> when we when we break when we brought this up, do you think you'll do set piece or do you think you'll do final boss? I already have basically the final boss done. Like set piece wise, like uh, like I said before, it's kind of like a lot of artistic assets and stuff. So I kind of built like a platform and stuff up to them where like it kind of builds towards something cool, but then like you get there and it's just like a a room situation. Sure, but like I think. I'm just going to work on more like timing and like having tells where it like shows where like the abilities are going to hit and stuff. So, uh, it's just going to lend itself more to like open skill play, but it's just going to be like a out and out boss fight. And hopefully about using like the block dodge mechanic that I've Got like it. set up before, but yeah, man, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, uh, like sit down and just make the time to do it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty that's, lazy. That's- <laughs> that's something my I whole saturday in. got uh wasted the other day really yeah. oh man i just wanted to touch on that on game dev in general because people will go how come this game isn't off yet isn't out yet and especially when you're talking about indie games making a final boss is hard ending your game is very hard yeah. um so you know it's you know as we said as we said multiple times on this pod uh the the final ten percent of your game is you'll take as much long, as much time as the first ninety percent, you know like yeah. it's 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 difficult and those those who just end it like I feel they leave a lot on the table so maybe I should just yeah. end it dude I could just have it go to a black screen and be like the end that's what I was originally gonna do yeah. I was just like you know uh, I was just gonna put like a TB continued screen and be like oh this is done yeah yeah I didn't do that though I was like all right I gotta finish this thing but I did yeah, have the thought bro I did have it. <laughs> I think it'd be so easy just to put an end in here. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so back to my question before we end here: um, of what game had a final boss that that you didn't think needed it? You'd rather him do a set piece, or vice versa? What had a set piece that you would rather have him do a final boss? Man, I don't know. I haven't really played a lot of 
narrative driven games in a while, man. Like it's been okay. Like, I don't know. You already kind of touched on gears. Uh, yeah. Like I've mostly been playing just like all these battle royales, like Apex okay. Legends. I okay. feel like they could use like a you know boss fights. That'd actually be cool in like a like one of those battle royales that are coming. Tried out it where, for a little bit where they had where it's like PVE mixed with PvP. Like if they had like yeah. a boss in the middle of the map would be kind of cool. But then how do you scale that and stuff? I I get it from both gameplay standpoints, but. Like it, it, it would be it would betray any of the BRs that are are out right now if you just throw in PVE stuff in. So it has yeah, to be you could do it. Like I don't know, it's it's tough. And like even like the newer Call of Duty and stuff, I played that like Black Ops. I know there's an even newer one now. The Vanguard's uh, coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't even play solo like game. I know they have like a story mode there. I didn't play it at all. Like I played like you know the death match and like their yeah. battle royale mode. I didn't even bother with the story and i hear like they're okay like the college cold, cold war was actually pretty fun honestly yeah like, yeah like the story modes and stuff are, yeah. they do a good job so, it, it turns out there's a reason <laughs> yeah the uh, those, games, those games sell for sure yeah. <laughs> all right man well shit that's our that's our time dude um, that's it boys you yeah know, I think, sorry i couldn't think of anything everybody no, but all right, man. I, I think like we, i said i've been playing more multiplayer games so it's just hard to think of anything off the top of the the old yeah, dome yeah I think we kind of touched on what the differences in ending games too. Um, you know, if you guys have any favorite uh, either final final sequences or final boss fights, pop them in the comments below. If you're looking at the pop YouTube, them. if you are listening to us, then enjoy our sultry, sultry voices. And, yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Costa Rica. Shout out to Puerto Rico. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're doing big, big things out there, boys and girls. Big things, big things. So uh, grab twenty thousand of your friends. Tell them about us. And I'm Mr. <laughs> Gimpy. It's Chip Chipmunk over there. You guys have a great day. Like, share, subscribe. Throw some Goodbye. ninja stars at us. Take care, everybody. Yeet. We out.